We step out the cage, we raising all of the stakes. Made no mistake, either you stay in your place or we putting you on a plate. Look at our face, we put the fear in the dirt. We had to struggle for change, pick up the pace. We put in infinite work, that's why we stay getting paid. Y'all running late, we moving on to the next. You still been stuck in the phase, there's no debate. We draw the line in the sand, we say it straight to your face. They on the rate. Welcome to episode four of Meeting of the Gold Mines. Last week, we discussed the personalities of the NBA. Who's an alpha? Who's a beta? And who's the omega? But when it comes to the personalities of the purple and gold mines, they're just a bunch of households. Except for King. He's a royal piece of shit. What's going on in Lakeland this past week? Swiderman shot his last web for the Lake Show. The Queen Genie Bust says LeBron will get his number retired once he enters the Hall of Fame. No shit Sherlock. Jalen Brown just became the poster child of mediocrity by signing a new $304 million deal. One thing we can always count on is the Boston Celtics doing some dumbass shit. Those fucking bums. Their idea of chasing a team has something to do with hanging out close to high schools. But I digress. We got Tony's arch nemesis, Eddie Presti, on the show Tony. And if you're wondering why Eddie sounds so angry, that's because he's a Knicks fan. We're talking salary cap and max contracts. Select the late great Dr. Buss said that time he pulled out his Texas instrument to his accountants. It's showtime, bitches. All right, welcome to episode four of Meeting of the Gold Mines. We are here. King is once again late, living up to the stereotype of Jamaicans, but that's my brother. I love him. We're always late, always late for everything. But uh, King. What's up, brother? We got a special guest. We got Eddie Presti, formerly known as NBA Capwiz on Twitter, but uh, he's big time, so he has to go by his own name. But yeah, and I'm doing the baseball now too, so I can't yes. see the NBA. Exactly. Uh, take him out to the ball game. He is diversifying the portfolio. You guys know me. Uh, I am Born Rebel, a.k.a. Zen. And, yeah, this is Meeting of the Gold Mines. We got my brother at Chasing Number 18. He is the context king, Mr. David. What's up, brother? How you doing? And you're on mute. Yeah, I I, I know I, I muted myself for a reason. Um, yeah, not much going on, man. We had we had some news trickling in throughout the week. Uh, I think we started with the the thing with with Bronny, and we got to the retirement, and we got some, so. Yeah, looks like we have a lot of things to talk about. 
So. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So, you know what, folks? Uh, let's get into it. Um, well, shit. First thing, you know, you brought up Bronny. Um, you know, there's really not much to say, except that he seems to be doing okay. Um, you know, I know, was it Monday? As we're... You know, no, this was on Tuesday, right? This was on Tuesday. So we heard about it on Tuesday. The the incident happened on Monday. So Tuesday morning as we're, um, you know, just doing some stuff on Twitter. You know, our good buddy, our our PGM brother, uh, who's not here right now, uh, Mr. Tony Vega, he gives us a call. Hey, you know. Bronny had cardi- uh, cardiac arrest. And I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck? But um, it just seems since they made the announcement, um, since Shams made the announcement, all indication that he was okay. Because when we first heard about it, it had happened uh, on Monday, um, the day prior. Um, he was out of ICU. He was doing well. He was alert. He was conscious. So, um, you know, the family hasn't really released much info, which, you know, that's perfectly fine. That's their right. The biggest thing is the kid is okay. He seems to be doing okay. And, uh, you know, that's all we want. So hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, I guess the biggest thing is just about him living a long, healthy life. But it just seemed, I don't know, guys, doesn't it seem like there's been, like, we've been hearing about a lot of these cardiac arrests with athletes like recently yeah i mean listen uh anytime you hear cardiac arrests and a professional athlete that's scary stuff uh listen thank god he's okay thank god he's out of icu that's the most important thing but uh you know i don't know what's going on lately you know people say uh maybe the vaccine and these things are tied to this. I don't fucking know. I'm not a doctor. I don't work for any of this shit, but uh, it's concerning. Anytime you hear a young man going into cardiac arrest and any type of problems, any type of athlete and problems with the heart, it's, it's scary stuff because, you know, not only is it, you know, you're in danger of losing your life, but you're, you know, also in danger of losing your career. So I'm just glad that Bronny's okay. And I hope he'll get a, receive, you know, a full slate to, to recover fully from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, speaking of LeBron, uh, Jeannie Buss, she, you know, she doesn't do t- interviews too often, but when she does, she definitely is definitely newsworthy. And, you know, one of the highlights from the interview, which I don't even know why it be, you know, it became a trending Thing among like NBA Twitter and Laker Twitter, but she confirmed that once LeBron retires and he goes into the Hall of Fame, that his number will be retired. I'm not sure why that was news, uh, but it was. And that you know, she did. Um, you know, they asked her. If it would be, if, you know, are they going to retire both numbers, 6 and 23? And she says that's a discussion for another time. Um, So I'll be the first to say it. You know, this is, 
that was a dumbass question. I'm sorry. That was a dumbass question. Um, Retired. He's been with the Lakers for six seasons. He wore 23 for four seasons. He wore six for two. He won a championship under 20 with wearing 23. He hasn't done shit wearing number six. Not a nothing, nothing. He hasn't done shit. So, and then there's only one player on the team that has had both numbers retired. Um, look, folks, if you want, I've said, it's like, I have to say this weekly because. You know, the fucking Levant, the LeBron stands, like, you know, the male beehive. Um, so, you know, but if we're having an honest conversation, Kobe had a Hall of Fame career wearing eight. Kobe had a Hall of Fame career wearing uh, 24 for the Lakers. LeBron did not. He didn't do shit uh, wearing six. He he missed the playoffs once one year and he uh, went to um, and he got swept. Um, by a marshmallow man. Uh, what the fuck? Like, I'm sorry. This should not like these are like just dumbass questions. King, I I know that. Like, are you with me on this? Is this should should this even be a topic of conversation? You're on mute. So what what are you asking about it being retired? Should both numbers be retired? Not not both. And not both, but not for the reasons you're saying. Okay, what are your um so how there's many players out there who wore two numbers in their career. Um and if you're gonna give you're gonna retire two numbers for anyone, it's gonna be Kobe because he played twenty seasons and kind of split I think it was like, like what, 13 to 7 or something like that with the numbers. I think he went to, to 24 in 2000. Are you kind of going in and out? Hey, he's breaking up. All right. You, hey, yes, refresh. Yeah, You're kind of go, um, hey, yeah, so he had, going. In yeah, so Yeah, refresh. Uh, and we'll roll back in. Look. Yeah. Eddie, I'm gonna hear. I want to hear from you, but I'll just say this: If the Lakers decide to retire both numbers, then I need the Bulls to go back and retire 45. Because, I was just thinking that. Yeah, go ahead, Eddie. Like this is this no, no, going to no, be no. a question. When you retire a, num- a player's number, you're retiring, you know, greatness, right? Player's number that gets put up in the rafters. That's that means you're a special player. That means that player that number will never be worn again. It's it's never going to be worn again. And your franchise's eternity. And the fact of the matter is, is that LeBron's been, you know, hey, he's been a great player. He's been a great player in LA. He's won a fucking championship. But, you know, he's wore two numbers there. I think he does that for more of a marketing thing, personally. I think he does it to sell more jerseys. He switches from 23 back to six. I don't get it, but uh, look it. He's LeBron. This is what LeBron does. He, he makes it all about him. He's a fucking guy that likes his likes the attention. He likes to, you know, likes all the, you know, the accolations and everything. Do I think he de- deserves both numbers retired? Absolutely not. I think he deserves one number retired, but it's LeBron and he's going to get what he wants. And he's got, you know, he's got his 
claws and wrapped around Jeannie Buss and the whole entire organization. So if he wants both numbers retired, he's going to get what he wants because he's fucking LeBron, bro. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, because look, uh, and then, you know, let's keep in mind, you you are a Knicks guy, so, you know, you're not the biggest LeBron person. No, but I'm not so, at all the biggest. You're not at all, which I, hey, look, yeah. we, uh, we, uh, we appreciate different perspectives. I'm just saying that he's going to have six retired in Miami, deservingly so. He's going to have 23 in Cleveland, and he'll get 23 in um, – in, in with the Lakers to he's say he's back to 23 this year, right? Yeah, he's switching back to 23. So Why? it's just like what because because Bill Russell, remember they retired six across the league, which you know, which I guess you know, sorry folks, but you know, that 23 should be retired across the league as well, and not because of LeBron, we know who, but um, but yeah, but uh. You know, I guess speaking of, you know, continuing the trend with LeBron. So, um, Joy D'Angela, um, she does, a, you can follow her on Twitter, Joy D'Angela. She does a lot of, she covers, she does, a, she covers um, the big three. Um, and she also does a lot of stuff um, covering the Miami Heat. And she, um she just did a sit-down interview with Dr. J, and this was kind of trending. Um, so shout out players, right? Exactly. So shout out to Joy for for having that interview. But uh, her first sit- look when your first sit-down interview is with Dr. J, good for you. Um, so shout out to Joy. But I but this was all right. So this is uh, Dr. J's top ten. Okay, no particular order. So LeBron's not in it. It was Bill Russell, Wilt, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Kareem, MJ Magic, Carl Malone, Tiny Archibald. And a lot of folks are dismissive of the le- of the list. They're like, oh, that's why you shouldn't listen to older people. Uh this, you know, they're really discrediting Dr. J, first of all. Dr. J is the all-time great. Like, you know, just um, Dr. J, a a lot of NBA players stand on the shoulders of Dr. J when it comes to money, when it comes to style, when it comes to sports marketing. Like, he was the original, like, you know, he was the guy, he was the first guy to have a shoe deal. So, you know, let's just get that out the way. But Obviously, there's no LeBron in the top uh, top ten, um, and a lot of people are killing him for it. Personally, look, I have LeBron in my top ten. I have LeBron in my top five. My thing is, when it comes to Dr. J's list, I appreciate the perspective. I'm not agreeing with him because I said, because oh, you know, before we got on here, I um, said, okay, the one name that the two names that stand out to me the most is Carmelone and Tiny Archibald. And I said, let me let me check up Tiny Archibald. He averaged um he averaged 18 in his career. He averaged seven, seven assists. Um in I think 73, he led the league in scoring and assists. Won a championship 81 with the uh, Celtics. Um 
you know, he also played with the Knicks. He's definitely any if if you consider yourself an NBA connoisseur, you got to have Tiny Archibald in your top ten all time point guards, but not necessarily players. Um, I you know when it comes to Dr. J, I appreciate the perspective because you know what? Who knows what his personal criteria is? And also, is he also looking at it from a standpoint that, you know what, he's like, hey, LeBron didn't have to play a lot of, uh, you know, back-to-back-to-backs. You know, LeBron, I joke about this all the time. LeBron is able to jump high because of his shoes. You know, I didn't have, like, you know, those Converse were like fucking bricks back in the day. Who knows? He might think, like, today's players have it easy. So why would he put them in their top 10? Also, a lot of the players on this list, he went to battle against them. Like, how could you not, how could you play against Bill Russell? No, no, no. How could you play against Wilt Chamberlain or Oscar Robinson and not say, and not consider him an all-time great? Uh, King, you're, uh, you're back. What's, uh, what's your thoughts on that top 10? Uh, yeah, so I think it more leans towards the second point you made. Um, I think it's a list of his peers that he competed with. And that's fair. I mean, that's kind of what – so that kind of thinking is actually what transcended me to put Kobe above Jordan because of what I would always hear from other players that played against Kobe. They would always say he's better than LeBron, he's better than this guy. So when when you get that kind of respect from your peers, it's, that's who you're going to actually go ahead and elevate. But when you're talking about a player like LeBron James, who basically transcends eras where the, his skill level and the way he plays and everything that he's accumulated over his career, it transcends any era. No matter what era, you, I feel like you can you can pick LeBron up him in any era and he will be successful i'm not saying he'll dominate um maybe he won't dominate as much in the in the 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 80s um mid 80s to 90s because it was a lot more physical he may not dominate as much as he does now but he's not going to be a slouch he's going to be a top four five player in that era so any era you put him in he's going to be able to ball and those type of players you have to have at least in your top 10, if not top five, at least in your top 10. So, yeah, I think Dr. J kind of, that's like an homage to all of his, his peers that he played with. He's like, I'm going to put, because even when you look at the list, there's no Shaq in there. That's you don't put Shaq in there. So yeah, that's, that's, it's really like a salute to, Hey, I'm going to big up all my, my 60s, 70s and 80s players that played with me. Yeah. Eddie, what's your thoughts? Listen, I, we live in a world now today where everything's a list and everybody's got to be on the list and everybody has to agree with everybody on every fucking list. Yep. This is Dr. J. This is a guy that came up in the, you know, 60s, 70s and 80s. This guy, you know, he, he, he led a merger from the ABA into the NBA. I have no problem with him picking people in his own era and people he thought were, you know, his best, you know, you don't, you don't hear Larry Bird in there. Yeah. Obviously like, you know, chase the numbers you said. You don't hear Shaq in that list. You don't hear Tim Duncan in that list. And that's fine because this is Dr. J's list. 
This is the people he thought was the best. This is what he, he gave his assessment of. And who the fuck am I to say, you got to have LeBron and you got to have MJ. It doesn't matter who you want in the list. You put in the list and that's it. Everybody goes out on, you know, goes out on the limb now that we always have to agree that this guy, that guy, and that guy's always got to be on the list. No, you make a fucking list. It's subjective. It's what your list is. And that's it. And I don't have any problems with, with Dr. J. This is who we thought was the best. Then that's, that's his right. It's his right to that opinion. And so be it. We, we don't have to agree with everybody. That, that, that's okay to be different. It's good to be different. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And it's just like, you know. Look, LeBron um, should be on the list. But it's just, listen, if this is what his list is, so be it. Let's respect the legend for once. Instead of fucking questioning every little thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? LeBron will probably, uh, you know, who, who's to say LeBron won't have, a, you know, he, he probably won't have Dr. J in his personal top 10. That's perfectly fine. It's just like, hey, um, you know, I'm not going to discredit these guys. But, um, you know, the last I guess the last bit of news in like Lakerland uh, this week, um, you know, before we get into our big subject of the week, um, you know, King. Um, you know, KB isn't here, but um, Swiderman, he won't be shooting any more webs in uh, Los Angeles anytime soon. Uh, his ass is out of here. Uh, and the Lakers signed Alex Fudge to uh, a two-way contract. Um, any thoughts on Swiderman being out of here? Uh, he, he shit the bed during summer league. He didn't do shit. Um, and let's be honest. Like the only thing he can do is uh, shoot. I doubt if he can even, uh, you know, get cut without fucking it up. So, uh, you know, what do you, what's your thoughts on Cole Swider, um getting cut from uh, the squad? And uh, what can you tell us about Alex Fudge? Um, so from what I seen from Alex Fudge, I didn't really watch him in college. I don't really, I'm not really like a college watch. I don't really watch players in college like that. Uh, I usually tune in, um, towards the end of, end of, um, end of May or or the end of, um, February towards March Madness. That's when I kind of start to watch it because that's when you kind of start to see the cream rising where it's like, okay, these are the players. Or these are the teams that you need to see. Um, but I mean, from what we, I saw in summer league, and he didn't really get that much run. He's really, really athletic. Um, I think that's what the Lakers are filling their team with: a bunch of athletic guys, just like Maxwell Lewis, extremely athletic player. Uh, Max Christie has shown extreme athleticism. Cam Reddish, another athletic guy. So. I think that's what they're trying to do. I think that's what Alex Fudge is. Um, he's raw talent. Uh, he's nowhere near. Um, he, he's he has a lot of growing to do. Um, unlike Cole Swider, uh, who stayed in college for four years, what you saw from him was pretty much his ceiling. Uh, he's a knockdown shooter. Um, kind of has the stone feet where his foot speed isn't that well. Uh, but that shouldn't block, that should not hold him back because if you look at a guy like Rui, Rui has been given the same knock. He's slow foot, so he's slow footed where he doesn't really he's not really quick laterally and vertically trying to ca- trying to catch you. But he's smart enough to be a positional defender. 
Cole Swider could not get to that point. I think that's if he would have been able to do that and be in the right position, he has to be one of those guys where he's drawn charges, uh, stuff like that. That's the only way he's going to be successful on defense because he just doesn't have the athleticism to move, but he's a knockdown shooter. I think he'll get another job just because he, he shoots the ball. He, if you give him a full season, he's going to shoot above 40% from three. So, yeah, um, sad to see him go, but you can tell it was coming. He didn't improve from last year to this year, so you can't, you can't stick with that project. You have to move on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think also with Summer League, a lot of guys leapfrogged him. Um, you could say, our, you know, between our two rookies, you can say between Castleton as well. Uh, they leapfrog him, especially Castleton. So it's just like, sorry, man. Just uh, It's either you're going to wait here for a long time or – We'll cut you so you can try to find another opportunity to get on the court soon. Um, so, that could have yeah. also been something that it could have been the Lakers doing them a favor, getting them out there early. So, yeah, absolutely. You never know what guys now too. You know, they they cut guys because guys are going to get opportunities overseas. You know, they might not get an opportunity in the NBA, but they're going to showcase their talent in the summer league so they could get a job in Greece or you know all the different leagues across Europe and, and even in, even in the East and China, there's a lot of leagues out there. So sometimes, you know, they may not make the NBA, but they could showcase their talent so they could get a job overseas. And, you know, not every guy, not every player now is going to make the NBA. I know now we have, you know, three two way player spots on each roster instead of two. So, you know, it, it opens things up for, for more guys to get cut in the NBA, but, they're also showcasing their talents for other key other other teams overseas, you know. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, hey, wish them the best. I know with Alex Fudge, he's six foot eight. He played for Florida. Um, he, another athletic wing. Like man, we we went from having none last year to just we're just hoarding athletic wings. He has a seven foot wingspan. He is still growing, like uh, Chasing Numbers said. So, uh, yeah. Um, that's, that's, the, that's, that's what's going on in the NBA now. It's the stockpile win, wings. You know, that's yeah. really, you know, crazy. Yeah. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to that uh, wing stop uh, uh, sponsorship sooner than later. Yeah. I but, mean, if you, if you honestly think about it, a lot of the guards are 6'5 and 6'. Like, there's no room for 6 two, six, three players no more. No. Chris Paul days are gone. Like, you're not going to find – like, there's no room for you. You have to be able to be defend if you're going to be that small. Like, you have to be a bulldog. It depends. It depends how what your skill set is. If, you know, yeah. you're somebody like Jalen Brunson's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's probably got the best footwork in the NBA, at least one of the best footwork on the guard. So, yeah. if, you know, if you're not if you're not making up for it in other areas, I, I could see what your point is, you know, but yeah. – the league, the league is definitely getting longer pause, but it's true. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, uh, wish uh, Cole Swider the best and uh, Alex Fudge. Welcome to Los Angeles. Um, we'll be, um, yeah, we're gonna get into our big topic of the week. Um, is being a is signing a max deal a wise move for a player? Uh, we're gonna get into that. We got Eddie 
uh, uh, Presty in the house. We got King in the house. Uh, we're going to get into that after this unpaid ad from Zen's Infused Treats. Have a nice day. Hello? This commercial is sponsored by Zen's Infused Treat. We ship to all 50 states. The person on this commercial are genuine and not paid by Born Rebel or any of his affiliates. They are not pressured to share their experience or be part of this commercial. For any question, please contact Born Rebel on Twitter. PGM is not responsible for any negative comments, monologue, tweets, or mentions from Zen Infused Treats Incorporated. Hello, everyone. Evan Moore, writer for the Late Night Lake Show here. I'm not only an old head basketball fan, I'm also an old head stoner. I've been in love with Mary Jane for over three decades and a medical card holder for about the past six years. I not only know weed, I live weed. So when I tell you Zen's treats are absolute fire, I know what I'm talking about. Most dispensary edibles are designed to help people sleep, not get people high. Zen's edibles are no joke. They even get a hardcore stoner like me high. I have PTSD and IBS, which makes me an everyday user. Now as an everyday user, the psychedelic effect of weed is very muted. It's practically impossible for me to get too high. I often joke to friends that I'm permanently one toke under the line. Oh, sweet Jesus. Now, it's a problem sometimes, though, because I love watching movies when I'm high. That IMAX countdown intro is the shit when you're nicely toasted. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Now, Zen's edibles are perfect for an old-ass stoner like me. So, you know, all these years of smoking didn't go to waste, because now I'm going to help some of you rookies understand how to dose. Dosing is different than smoking because body chemistry can change the effects. Smoking on an empty stomach will give you roughly the same results as smoking on a full stomach. Eating an edible on an empty stomach, on the other hand, is not advisable, unless you aren't going anywhere for the next six hours. So unless you're an old pro like me, make sure you eat something else first. Secondly, some things you consume can heighten the effect. Fatty foods help you absorb more THC into your bloodstream, and papaya also contains an enzyme that helps heighten the effect. So just be aware of what you've already eaten before you take them. If you're concerned about getting too high, and if you do end up feeling uncomfortably high, all you have to do is lay down and put on some music. You'll be fine. Don't clog up the emergency room with your paranoias. The medical community is already dealing with enough bullshit as it is. Lastly, start small and be patient. Cut the edible in half, quarters, or even into eight equal pieces to start with. I know it's hard, these edibles are really tasty. Now the effects usually take an hour to take the full effect, so that's where the patience comes in. Shout out to Zen for making some good shit. His edibles are now my go-to for movies. Eat them with lots of brisket and papaya if you're like me. Weed us day. The weed in my blood recognizes the weed in yours. Tony, fuck you for not being here. Fuck it's KB also. Where the fuck? Fuck you, Tony. We are back. 
Um, we got Eddie Presti. Um, he covers the Mets. He covers the Knicks. Um, that's a lot of suffering, but he is here. We appreciate him for being here. Um, and yeah, we got it's horrible being a Mets fan and a Knicks fan and and a Jets fan too. So. You know what? I'm a Packer fan, man. And well, you always um, won something in your lifetime. Yeah, I, look, I I'm a Packer fan, and I'm this is like deja vu. It's just like my guy is going to the uh has gone to the Jets. I went through this shit in 2008. Um, here we go again, and I'm not. I, I'm still. I haven't decided on who I, who am I rooting for. And I was just like, here we, I just never thought, I so never wait, thought we were going through this shit. Isn't, isn't he ta- he's taking the same route that Brett Favre took. Didn't Brett Favre yeah. go to the Jets? Carbon well? copy. Carbon copy. Yes. I don't, the thing is, I'm a Vikings fan and I don't, I don't want him there. Don't, we're, <laughs> we're good on the Vikings. Don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't worry. He'll, he'll have a horrible year this year with the Jets and I'll come to the Vikings next year and fucking torture oh. him. Yep. The, 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 yeah, it's uh, this is it. It's his contract, man. His contract is way too crazy. I don't want that contract. Oh, right. I think he took a pay cut to come to the Jets. Yeah, he restructured it, but yeah. it's uh, still like fifty million a year. Like it's a lot of money. I thought it was like thirty-five or something like that. Yeah, he's it's it's yeah. We having a yeah. we having trouble getting rid of Kirk Cousins right now, man. We don't need to bring him on. Look, look at the quarterback on the Giants. I think he got some insane. Yeah, he's talks. He's not even anything good. Yeah, that it look this shit's frustrating. But hey, um, yeah, so we're here, and so you know something happened this week, um, and it started to it just started to spark like some ideas in my head, and just started to spark some questions, and you know Jalen Brown, um, you know, signed. Was it a five-year, three hundred and four million dollar contract with mm-hmm. the fuck Boston Celtics? Uh, fuck Boston, you know that's one thing that we that's one thing we can agree on with Knicks fans. It's always fuck Boston, but yeah, yeah they're um, a good team though. They're a good team. Three oh four. Now, mind you, um, I'm old enough to know to remember when. Kevin Garnett signed that what seven year for one twenty six, and that was like the biggest thing in the world. We know the money isn't the same; it has uh, exploded. But we're talking about over sixty million annually. Um, hold on, Eddie, ask and you shall receive. Um. Better late um, than never. Better late, better late than never. Right? Turn your turn your uh, volume. T- turn your volume up, asshole. Uh, um, Tony. No. Uh, no. Yeah, you still sound a little low. Really? Oh. Yeah. What, what about now? No? Yeah, a little better. A little Maybe better. Um, Tony, you know, you know, Eddie. Yeah. What's up? What's what up, Tony? <laughs> Yeah, I like the graphics behind. Was that Chinatown? (laughs) (laughs) You gotta turn. You gotta get the mic up. I still really in and out. 
Give me a second. Uh, give me one second. All right, so Tony is figuring it out. Perfect timing. Um, that is funny. Um, so yeah, so Jalen Brunson, he's getting, he's going to get paid annual uh, an average salary of sixty million. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Sorry, wrong Jalen. Um, Jalen Brown. He's going to get paid an annual. Uh, because this is a, an extension, right? This was an extension, or was it a, a completely new contract? It's an extension. Okay, so it doesn't kick in until after next season. So it's just we're looking at a, uh, an average salary of over sixty million. He's not a top. I can't see where he's a top ten player in anyone's book. Like he's not a top ten player at all. Um, and now we know the money is bigger. And mind you, the the Celtics also signed they what they signed Porzingis. They they signed they gave him a new contract as well or an extension uh, that's around the thirty eight the thirty million range around the thirty Did million. Six? Two, uh, is, it, Sixty. Is it thirty six? I think it's thirty six for this season, and I think you got another two after that for thirty each, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so. So what about now? You're good. All right, now you're good. You're good. Yeah, so Tony, catching you up. Uh, you know, the Jalen Brown this season, uh, he, you know, he well, over this week, he um, signed a 304 for five-year extension. And, you know, that kind of sparked the idea for this um, conversation this week where it's like, okay, look, He's not a top 10 player. Now, we know the money has exploded, but signing that max deal when you when the Celtics are going to have to take care of Tatum very soon, and they just signed Porzingis to an extension uh, for uh, an extension of, what, two years, $30 million each year, um, my – my it just seems like a disaster waiting to happen. So the conversation and and now the obvious answer it seems like it's an obvious answer to this question. But the question is: Is signing a max deal wise for a player? And you know, I brought it up to Eddie, uh, even uh, Tone, uh, who she isn't here now. When I brought it to her, she was like, "Oh yeah, of course, signing a max deal." is a good thing for, is a wise move for a player. And I just started to think of like a lot of different scenarios because it just seems like the Celtics, it just seems like a recipe for disaster because how are you going to build a squad around them, especially with this new CBA? That's why I'm glad that you're here, Tony. I'm glad, uh, you know, we have Eddie here because, you know, you guys are like, you know, um, you know, uh, the king of the Texas instruments uh, when it comes to these salary caps, but I'm just, it just seems like a recipe for disaster. So, you know, eventually the Celtics are going to have to make some hard choices. Who's out of those three, who's going to be the one to go. They're not going to be able to maintain all three for a significant amount of time and still have a team around them. But I guess my first question to you guys is what was your thoughts? Um, you know, Tony, you're you're just jumping in. What was your thought when uh, you heard about uh, Jalen Brown's, um, you know, extension that he just signed? 
Oh, I was, I, I was excited. I was personally excited. It's actually a, um, hey, Boston is trying to. Boston is the first one to test out this new cap. They're the first one to do this situation of just giving out max money. Um, by the way, like if, from my understanding, the second largest contract is, if I'm not mistaken, it's Jokic at at two seventy six. So I'm just saying, like, for what Jalen Brown, the potential to who he is right now, that's a lot of money. Um, good luck to them. Good luck to that franchise. Not, not, not really good luck, but just, just saying, yeah. like, it, it's, it's, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, I was, I was just laughing, honestly, when I, <laughs> When I saw that, I'm like, okay. Um, but, okay, on, on a serious note, though, um, and to answer the previous question that you had, um, I mean, if you're offered $303 million just for being in a podcast, wouldn't you take it? Just, just, curious, just, just saying. Like, okay, so, to, so to, just to, to a personal point, like a personal, like for a player to say no to that, so That's so this crazy. is okay. So so this is my so I'm glad that you asked that. So this will be my answer to that. So if I knew purpling, so purpling gold mines, if they said, Hey, um would you sign would you sign a, a contract that big a big contract like that? I would think like, okay, well shit. They really love what purple and gold mines is doing, but purple and gold mines is not just one person. It's a team effort. So do I sign this big contract, but then all of a sudden they couldn't afford Tony? They, they damn sure wouldn't be able to afford King to when he signs a contract. So all of a sudden, the thing that that helped me get my big money, I might end up losing uh, the rest of the team. Yeah, but that's that's not the question that you pose is, should a player do that? And a player is like, that's not my problem. Again, like, and in a certain sense, if you tell me that PGM is going to pay me an exuberant amount of money and it would mean that Zen, King, Allen, KB are all out of the equation, then sorry, F you guys. I'll take it. I'll sign it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Like, it's, it's, we're talking about millions upon millions. Like, it's generational wealth. Do you know how many opportunities you get to that? Like, and to a certain point, like Jalen, he, I mean, what's his options? Like no team has that level of space technically and barring any injury that happens this season, hopefully not. But again, you have the opportunity to sign it. Why not? Just saying like, it's, 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 if it's on the table and you say no to that, come on. Like, for instance, if the if if the New York Knicks say say, hey, we we can only offer you two fifty, and he's in Boston for three hundred three. Just just saying, like, so if if it's numbers like that, um, if you're looking at the difference between two fifty and three hundred three, at that point, you could actually take a look at which spot do I have a chance of winning at. So it's different if it's like a extension for 120 
and then the other guys are giving me 300. Oh, I'm taking the 300. But if if I'm at a quarter of a billion dollars and now it's just, okay, which one do you want? I'm going to choose the best opportunity. And depending on what Jalen is, is Jalen Brown, does Jalen Brown want to win a championship? That's the question. Does he want to win? So how old is Jalen Brown? And because also he's not he's 26, I think. That's 26. the point. He's, he's 26 in his prime. You want him like he's basically saying for the next five years in my prime, I'm getting paid a lot. Like this is probably his, he got, if, if he pans out, he has what another big contract like this. Mm, he probably won't get it this high. Unless he really, really, really plays well, he, he, he might. might. Eddie, inflation, might. right? He might. Yeah, yeah. He'll only be thirty-one at the time of his next uh, extension, so because it doesn't kick in until he's twenty-seven. So, and then at thirty-one, he can decide. Oh, now I can win. Like, Wait, but so also here's the thing that we have to think about. Let's remember what he said at the press conference. The first thing out of his mouth is he wants to help out of the community. So. Does he really want to win? I think he's going to take this money and he's going to try to do as much good as he can with it, and he's going to play. Yeah, so, okay, so I'm going to switch to a different sport, but it might not be the best example because we know how the NFL is. But Rat Rebel, just like real quick. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown, right? When he sees, you know, LaMelo Ball... And Tyrese Halliburton getting, you know, six, you know, $260 million. I mean, of course, when he's offered 304, of course he's going to sign because these are lesser players than him getting these big, you know, big money. Halliburton's close, but, you know, LaMelo Ball, I mean, this guy can't even stay on the court and he's getting $260 million. So right. it, it, for, for an NBA player, it's an absolute no brainer to take these contracts. It's a no brainer. And then, Worry about everything else later on, like what situation, all that other stuff, because that's what guys do now anyway in the NBA. You get paid, and then if you don't like your situation, you demand a trade. That's this is what happens. So this is why I say, okay, so this is why I question it, all right? So I'm going to give some different examples, all right? So let's start. So, so my first example would be away from basketball, would be football. I know the salary cap. You know, they have a they have a hard cap. There's no luxury tax. The the NBA does to up to a degree. But now there's a hard there is a hard cap now uh, once you get to that second apron. But you look at Tom Brady. What do you say? It's not a hard cap. It's still a soft cap. You can still go over it. You just the penalties are severe. Okay, so penalties are severe, which are. Are there any owners that have that have gone over that soft cap? Well, not yet. Not yet. So, so the thing is, like I don't Boston, see. Yeah. Boston, for example, are you are you talking NFL or NBA? No, NBA. Boston's closest. They're at one seventy-seven. I think the next tier. I think it's in one ninety or one ninety-two, something like that. That's the second. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, Jalen Brown's extension didn't even kick in. This is just on this year's. And next year, Jason Tatum's contract's not in this. So they're going to be so – unless they win in the next two, three years, they're going to be extremely over this cap. So they are basically all all or nothing with this team they have. It's they, either they win with this or they don't. It's, it's simple. 
So wait, do you do you have because I have here Golden State number one. What are they at? Uh 220 I didn't even look at Golden State. I'm yeah, just too awesome because we were talking wait, no, no, yeah, yeah. Two twenty four this year. Uh yeah. For this upcoming year. And I'm glad that you guys brought up Golden State. Okay. Let me let me let me look at it because maybe this is not updated. It says twenty eight. We're at two oh six. Two oh six. Give me. Which which is still over. They're over the second luxury. Test. Yeah, they're so they're they're over it. Um, for next wait. year. Wait. So for next year, Boston is over the se- over the second. Over the first one. They're not over the second one. For for next year. For this season upcoming, they're only over the first cap. Yeah, for for, for this cap one. is, is one ninety, right? Uh, yeah, that's okay. That is about, yeah, like one eighty nine something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Golden State's already over, but I don't think it counts for this year. Correct. Next off season is when next off season is when it really counts. So Golden yeah. State's kind of just playing with house money right now. Uh, everybody yeah. has everybody year. has one year, so yeah, they, they have they have this year to, to to figure shit out. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing: I'm glad that you brought up Golden State because I'm gonna get to there. I'm gonna get to them in a minute. But this is why I question if signing a max deal is a wise move for a player. Okay, so first we look at LeBron. Okay, now if folks want to call him the goat i'm not going to argue that's not even the discussion this is not a goat conversation but he's the first active player to be a billionaire all right now him and tiger woods are the only active billionaires in all of sports all right Except he is players well well north america let's say north america north yeah. american sports now in his prime he took less than the max for uh, for him, D Wade, and Bosch, so they could team up in Miami. All right, and then also still be able to get role players like um, a Ray Allen. Okay, now there's um, there's a story. There's a story. Uh, you know, and uh, I think D Wade and Udonis Haslam have said it uh, recently in the last few months, but there's a story of LeBron taking a little less, um, even more so, so the Heat could re-sign Udonis Haslam to the team. And then now, let's look at the legacy of each player. Bosch is in the Hall of Fame. D-Wade will be in the Hall of Fame within, what, the next, um, probably, what, five weeks of this recording. Um, LeBron is bona fide Hall of Famer, first ballot, no question about it. And you think that a major part of their legacies is what they accomplished together in Miami. That doesn't happen um, if they didn't take less money. LeBron is not in a LeBron is not in a goat conversation. Like if he doesn't have the success he did in Miami. Does he have that success if he didn't have that team? And my next example, okay, and Eddie, we was talking about this before um, before we start recording. James Harden, he took, uh, he took uh, less money so the team could sign P.J. Tucker. Now, P.J. Tucker did shit the bed, but if P.J. Tucker would have played like P.J. Tucker, hey, 
um, we might have seen a different team in the finals. Um, just saying, it's it's debatable. Uh, let's let's look at the Lakers. The Lakers, they got AD Max player who is in line to um, to sign a three year. Uh, was at 168 extension uh, within the next few days, first uh, couple of days of August. But LeBron is a max player. AD is a max player. And guess what? Um, Christian Wood is still out there unsigned because he's trying to get more than uh, a, a minimum deal. And we can only sign him to the minimum. What would have happened if LeBron would have took a little less? Um AD would have taken a little less. We'll be able to sign players. You know, Christian Wood would have already be, uh, would already have been signed to a Laker. Um, you know, to with the Lakers. Um, we look at the Knicks. Look how they structured it. We you know we joke about this. They have a mid four. They still got they still got shitload of uh, they got some cap room. They got um, yeah, no cap room. We have no cap room. None. Okay, but you guys, okay, you guys have, you guys are potentially consigned, like have a mid four deal. What what happened to the whole Kuzma thing? Wasn't there a well, chance they could set up a, a a mid four? Well, they could have done it. They would have moved the right contracts, but they decided instead to sign, you know, Dante Divincenzo to the full, you know, mid level exception. So they're they're thereby, you know, they would have had to trade players to get under the cap and get Kuzma, which my opinion would have been a much better deal than getting DiVincenzo, but this is the route they went. And now they're right. looking at giving Josh Hart an extension, giving, you know, IQ an extension. So the, the Knicks are going to be in a, over the first luxury tax easily by next year. Yeah. Even with then we're seeing where that money is being spread around across like five players as opposed to two. Now we can talk about like, you know, the skill sets and, you know, of each player, but I'm looking at that money being spread around with through with among more players as opposed to two. And, you know, we were taught, you guys mentioned the Warriors earlier. Now the circumstances are very unique because of that TV deal when that when the salary when the salary cap jumped up in 2016, where it gave everyone a max player slot. But look at the Warriors. Um, Steph Curry, yeah, he was underpaid because of his ankle injuries. Context is king is key. I know that. But look at the Warriors. Look at what they did. Uh, Steph Curry was underpaid because of uh, his ankle history. Uh, the salary cap jumped. The Warriors were able to sign um, Kevin Durant um, to a deal, and then they went on a tear. Um, I know circumstances uh, and in context is important, but if you had if if Steph Curry was on a max deal, they don't get uh, Kevin Durant. Now, mind you, that's a very unique situation with the perfect storm. But, you know, if we're looking at the NFL, look at Tom Brady. He notoriously took less money. So because it's like, hey, okay, yeah, I'm a great quarterback, but I got to throw the ball and someone has to catch it. 
also for me to have enough time to throw the ball, I got to have some offensive linemen that can uh, know what the fuck to do. Um, I also, you know, we got to have some, uh, you know, for me to be a great quarterback, you know, I'm not going to throw a touchdown every time. I'm going to have to have some decent players on defense. He notoriously um, took less money and look at his career, seven Super Bowls. He's regarded as the GOAT. It's no, it's, it's not even a conversation. And look at what happened after his career. Soon as he retired, what, Fox Sports announced a deal? Uh, the year before he retired. The year before he re- officially retired. Fox, uh, he announced it, a deal. 375 he got? Some crazy number. Yeah, ten, it was like 10 years. Yeah, for 10, for 10 years. And we look and then, and then even if you look at um you look at players you look at uh, players like or I look at Robert Ory I look at uh, I look at a Steve Kerr I look at a lot of guys who because because they're in that rare air of being a multi a multi time champion they were able to have careers beyond the game but once their playing years were over and done they were able to have like good careers um it's something when once you're a multi-time champion you know it's not difficult for you to get a job so i'm just thinking that is it like you're part of you're playing a team game okay so you know you're gonna have to have quality pieces around you um, is it wise to take up so much money? It seems to me, yes, I'm saying it as a person that I'm not making anywhere close to what they're making. Not at all. These are millionaires and they're in this generational wealth once in a lifetime. But is it possible that being a max player is somewhat short-sighted when you know you're going to need those quality pieces like around you um i look at dame lillard you know is it possible now portland is not the most appealing market to to play basketball but is it possible that if you would have taken a little less money it probably would have been able to attract more quality players and it would have led to more success is it like i say you could, you might be able, you might just say no, so that's why it just makes me think with the Jalen Brown thing because I'm like, hey, he's not a top ten player. I'm looking at Grant Williams. They just got rid of uh, Marcus Smart, who was their defensive anchor. You can even say like a vocal leader. Um, it just seems like okay, they got to they just put themselves in a one or two year window that if they don't win, that team's gonna get blown up because it's not sustainable. It, it just you know, guys, I know I'm rambling. Um, yeah, like, you, you know, know, let me know your thoughts. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, go go ahead, Eddie. Go, go well, ahead. I mean, like, with Boston, for example, look at all, all these guys, you know, all these guys, when they sign the contract, they're signing the contract for that year, for that season, right? They don't know what the fuck's going to go on in three, four years from now. They're just taking their money and they're hoping for the best. Now, Rebel, I get your point. Well, maybe if they take 5% less down the road, they could build, uh, you know, put pieces around and things like that. But 
That's not a player's job. That's the front office's job to worry about, okay, I'm going to slot this, slot this max player here, this max player here, and then I'm going to build a team around it. And the smartest way to do that and the cheapest way is through the draft. But the second thing you got to do is you don't, you don't go crazy with your finances, right? So if you have two max players, that's great. But you need to be smart. You need to build a one through five. And then you got to worry about the nine-man rotation because every team plays basically a nine-man rotation. So after the five, you go six, seven, eight, nine. If your finances are allocated the right way and you draft and develop, you should be able to put a competent team year in and year out. Now, Boston's different because Boston has Derek White. They have, you know, Malcolm Brogdon. They got, uh, not Grant Williams. Well, they do have. Uh, they have yeah, they have Grant Williams. Horford. Right. So they have those guys signed. For the, but those, years, those guys are only signed for the next two years. Basically, if it doesn't work out with these guys, they're done. Because they can't sign anybody else because of the new penalties of the new CBA. So Boston's married to this model. And they traded Marcus Smart because they got exposed by Adebayo in the playoffs because of their size. That's why they brought in Chris Steps Porzingis, to give them size, to give them length, because when they're going to go up against the, the Denvers and they're going to go up against, you know, the, 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 the Milwaukee's, they're not, they're not a big team. So they addressed that issue by bringing in KP again. They have a three-year window with these guys, and that's it. And then after that, they, then they have to worry about all that. But once you're over that second tier after next summer, the penalties are huge. And you're either ride or dying with that team. And that's what's going to happen with Phoenix, too. You ride or die, man. They're ride or dying with that fucking team. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. So, so to, to also to that point, it's like, great point by, by Eddie. Oh, my God. It's like, it's, it's like vomit. But anyway, um, just wanted to say that if you, if you have, a, let's say, for your for your example, because I, I feel I feel you were trying to hit the 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 Miami times the hey you know free free agency basically you you were trying to hit like the, the the free agency button in terms of like let's say the LeBron James is a free agent he can negotiate uh, in this case Jalen Brown is a free agent he can negotiate most of the these contracts are extensions. So for for a certain point, like it's not like they are hitting free agency, and they're like, let me take a little bit less. You see, like like the James Harden, he was technically he had a player option. He decided to to, to back out, and then like, okay, I'm gonna do this for the betterment. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna help you. But to James Harden's point, the Philadelphia 76ers kind of just messed it up, and and they basically said, you know what. Um, thank you, but no thank you. We're not going to give you any more money. We're going to try to trade you, or we're going to try to make it work, but no, no, no. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? Like, players know that it's a business, and because they know that it's a business, they're going to look out for themselves. It's just as simple as that. It's not... There's nothing personal about it. Um, I think that's why the super team era is dead, except... When the team itself does exactly what like the Suns do, like the like what Boston is doing, it's kind of like, and specifically this CBA was designed to say like, no, you can't build it anymore. And now we're gonna know like 
the true cost of going that route. Like we're so gonna be draft picks. Yeah. Well, maybe they may, like right now the Suns have no draft picks for this entire decade. Um, no, no, Boston, but even with it with the dead pick and stuff like that in the new CBA, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it is, and also the penalties, the luxury tax payments. They can't get any any, any bio guys. They don't have the MLE. Basically, they're stuck in this form, and they can only sign vet min players. And maybe that's enough. Maybe they're like. That's enough, but we're gonna we're gonna see this. We're we're gonna like they are the experiment basically. They are the test subjects. So I don't know, but it, it is a players' league, and the players kind of know that they gotta look out for themselves. That's why we. By by the way, Zen, when was the last time a superstar went on free free agency and decided to go to another team in free agency? Since LeBron James, it hasn't really happened. Yeah, they don't do that no more. Whoa, they don't whoa, do whoa, that. Wait, Kevin Durant. No, Kevin Durant. Ke- Kevin Durant <laughs> actually went on a sign. He went on a sign and trade to Brooklyn. So, just well, he saying, was only, he was the last guy, really. Him but 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 he was the last guy. Fine, he 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 was the last guy. But after that, it's nobody else. Yeah, but. Okay, I guess okay, no. The, so got- the era. So what I'm trying to say is, they're looking out more for the money and right. for themselves than they are for the team. They're basically yeah. saying, Boston, you figure that shit out. Suns, you figure that shit out. I'm getting paid. That's and what that, they're doing now. And that's honestly how it should be. Like when, and I, I think a lot of these players, especially like a Jalen Brown, kind of just took advantage of the market. Um, he he kind of called Boston's bluff. Bluff. Uh, uh, Boston was not going to let him go into this next year on basically uh, a, a dead contract, where it's like, okay, if you don't, if we don't get to this extension, I'm going to hit free agency. They're not going to do that, so they're going to pay him his money. Um, I don't. So the player signing a supermax should always be what you do. I don't care what it is. You need to make your money. The way that I always think about it is we look at the contract and say, damn, $300 million, that's a lot of money. Imagine how much money the guy has that's signing that check. Why would you give him a discount? No way. So it's up to the GM and the front office and everyone before you even offer that player that contract to say, all right, when we give him this contract, what's next? You have to be a smart person to be giving people this much money. You can't just give him the money and be like, okay, you and Tatum, go ahead and make us win. No. Stuff has to be slotted. And when you look at the contract, so you got KP, who basically has a three-year deal, including this one. Um, Jason Tatum comes up in 25. So they actually, in 25, could make a decision, all right, KP's going to be on a expiring Let's just resign Tatum and trade Kiki away. So there is options that the Celtics do have with what they did. And that's the way that a lot of teams do it. The way the Lakers set up Anthony Davis and LeBron, they set them up and gave them those extensions to expire the same year. So just in case things aren't going right, we can just get rid of all of this. So it's those GMs that make those kind of decisions that are the smart ones and are the ones that can 
quickly bounce back from a, a disastrous year, or if the team doesn't look good, they can quickly mold into something else. So the question that you're asking about the Supermax. So, so let me so let me give an example. So let me flip that. Let me throw something right back to you, King. Um, so I was so today I watched um this the new Wilt uh the Wilt Chamberlain documentary, Goliath. It's on Showtime. It's dope as fuck, right? So he was the first $100,000 player. And then he was also the first, like, million-dollar player in the NBA. Okay, Wasn't that magic? No, no. Wilt. It was Wilt. Wilt. Yeah, when when Wilt got to the Lakers, he was making 1.6. Yeah, like, no, it was was Wilt. But, but, But here's the thing with Wilt, right? So... And mind you, I'm not saying it's fear. And yes, in theory, absolutely, we want the players. We live in a free market. We live in a capitalistic society. Yeah, get as much money as you're supposed to, as you can. But like the reason why I brought up Wilt is because one of the things is when you're making so much money and the guys that you're in the trench with, are are making literally one twentieth, one fortieth of what you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the, the you know heavy is the head that wears the crown. All of the shit comes on you, unfairly or unfairly. The the scrutiny that comes with it, and you think that hey. If the if I take a little less, then I can get some better pieces around me that can help. Not it doesn't guarantee because you still got to win, but it helps give me a better opportunity to win. Because how it's like okay, if I'm this big diamond, but I'm so, but I, if I'm this big diamond in the rough, but I'm but because I'm such this big diamond, I'm gonna get so. Um, surrounded by some you know cubic zirconial it's like okay what like what the fuck are we talking about like you know so that's my thing it's just like okay is it possible that it's a team sport and you're playing in a sport that has a salary cap so the only way that that works and i hear what you're saying the only way that that works is if that if said superstar is in constant communication with the front office. That doesn't happen a lot. Most of the times it doesn't. They, the, the superstar doesn't even really talk to the GM or, or the president. It's usually the agent that's talking to them, and they're relaying the information to them. So if that superstar is in constant communication, kind of the way we look at how LeBron is usually in communication with people, and, and they're coming to that star and like, hey, what do you think fits? Then it could work because other than that, what you kind of get is a owner, president, basketball operations, GM, just trying to save some money. And if that happens to a player, then what? Then then they look stupid. Like you took less money for what? Just so the owner doesn't have to pay a luxury tax? No, you're going to pay me what I'm worth and what that market is saying. Or they're going to call your bluff and say, okay, I'm not going to play or I'm not signing your contract for your two for, for 60. I'll go to free agency and bet on myself. 
So it's those type of things that it the situation's gonna bear on what it is. If the if the if the player is in communication with the front office and we are aligned on our plan where we wanna win, so I'm gonna take five, ten million less just so you can go get a player, yeah, it will work. Yeah, I also think it could work if it's a unique situation, kind of like LeBron was in a unique situation prior to 2010. He teamed up with, you know, LeBron, uh, he teamed up with Bosch and Wade, like we, we discussed earlier. But that was all premeditated. That was premeditated to 2008 when he was in the, on the Redeem team and he knew he was going to go into a situation and they took less for all three of them to be there. Now that could, again, present itself in, say, 2025 when Donovan Mitchell and all these guys are free agents at the same time. That potentially can happen again. And we could see players, you know, more active, you know, in taking maybe less money because they want to go to a situation where they're with another star and they want to go to a destination where it could work. That's where it could work out. But where to see the, the blueprint right now for the last five years, last four years, I'll say, is take the extension, take the money now and worry about getting traded and worry about the team later. That's last. So. Yeah, I, I've, and in my, I, I think what what King just said about the circumstances, um, and you know, when I ask a question, I'm ta- I'm relating it to winning, because yeah, you know what, um, Lamelo Ball, him signing a max uh, extension, a max deal in Charlotte, absolutely, because it's like, hey, you got to give you got to give the season ticker ticket buyers something to you know something to for them to spend their money like you have to have some type of attraction so yeah that makes sense even though we know that they're not going to win uh you know hope maybe they might get to the playoffs this year or to a play-in who knows that that's that's really up in the air so i get so yeah i'm with those situations where it's like look i might as well get paid because we're not going to win uh, now, when it comes to the winning situation where it's like, okay, you need to have a, a roster that's all in lockstep. You need to have quality pieces. I'm also looking at the situation where, you know, going back to the Lakers, we are purple and gold mines. Um, LeBron and AD, they're going to, like, LeBron, he's going to be 39 years old, year 21. Um, I would not bet on him playing more than 65 games. AD, based upon just his history, but also, you know, 65 might even be too much. <laughs> 65 might be even too much. So it's like, okay, LeBron, you're not, you're, you're, you might miss the chances. 55 of, and 60, I would say. Okay. So he's going to miss at least a quarter of the season if you're going to not, if you're going to, uh, you know, and that's being conservative. That's, you know, being conservative. Same with AD, injury history. Also, you say, okay, maintenance, we're going to he limit your back-to-backs. Well, AD should definitely play more. Absolutely. He should, be, he should be between 16, 65, 66 games. He should be playing a lot more than, than LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. How old is he? He just turned 30. Just turned 30. <laughs> he's turning yeah. 31 this year. You need to be playing that much. And, of course, we know he's different. He's a, To me, I always say it. He is a 30-year-old, but he does not have a 30-year-old's body. So you have to maintain him. But you should – LeBron's 39. Like, come on. 
Do you, do you guys do you guys think you could win with these two? Like in yeah. all seriousness. Yeah, so I think I think we can championship win. with this team. Because of the way they built the team this year, I think we can. They built the team correctly where we can go into this season and LeBron play 55 to 60 games, AD play 60 to 65, and the rest of the guys are good enough to get us a 50-win season. And then you get those guys fresh for the playoffs where they're not going into the playoffs hurt. They're going into the playoffs actually kind of rolling. So I think that's the remedy. But but what did they do in this offseason that that would make you say, hey, they improved? Like, to me, I I mean, I feel like they're running it back with Gabe Vincent. Like, that's that's what I – again, from an outsider's perspective, I don't look at the Lakers as close to winning a championship. I I I think it's the skill set. So I think it's the the players they got, the skill sets that they got are – is better suited for the team. I don't even think you can really look at the player, but you can look at guys and say, Torian Prince, your roles are three and D. Um, Gabe Vincent, you're going to come in and give us offense. Uh, Jackson Hayes, hustle, effort, rim rush. So that's the thing that you do. You have the fine roles for these guys, and they're all good at their roles. So just make them go do what they do, and then you have your guys like your Ruiz and so. AR, and hopefully D'Lo plays how he's, we want him to play. So Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> I, I, no, I see what Eddie's saying because that is the other the kind of like the objective point of view of the Lakers. Like we didn't make any, and, and that's why people when they when when I say like the Lakers, like winning free agency or things like that, I'm like uh, I don't know about that too much because like did we get a solid deal here and there? You can argue, yes, we we did. We we retained Austin Reeves, we retained Rui. We were expecting leaps and bounds from Max. Um, there's a question mark on Cam, but the upsides are there. Um, yeah, he, he sucks. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you guys use them perfectly. It seems. I don't think he's any good. I, I know a lot of the Knicks people love that guy. I think he's garbage. He's the uh, guy that he's not consistent, and that's his problem. If you're not consistent in this league, to me, he's not worth having. He's just too much trouble. Go ahead, Tom. Okay, no. Well, hey, there we go. So let's put Cam aside. So now we're 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 relying on our two guard, which is Max Christie. Uh, then we have Torian Prince, which again, it's it's an upgrade from from Troy Brown, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like a needle mover to a certain de- degree. He's a good like, player, though. He's a good player, Torian Prince. He is again an upgrade from 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 Troy Brown. Who knows? Could be in the mix for starting certain games here and there. Then we got Vando, which if he can't shoot, if he can't retain the ball, then he's kind of useless. Um, except for the defensive side, which is amazing. But depending if he doesn't improve his screen navigation again, Delo, we saw the great, the you know, a, a great stint, and then he, it's just up and down. The problem with the Lakers, and it's always going to be this, we can only go so far, and we can't rely on an Austin Reeves. We can't rely on a D'Lo. We can't rely on a Rui. It's going to depend on what a 39-year-old and what an AD can do for us. Because when the going gets rough and your role players can overcome certain situations, your stars are what elevates you. And technically, a LeBron going 0 for 10 
or 0 for whatever straight in, in two straight games of three point land, not not sustaining the, the activity for, for four quarters, Anthony Davis being inconsistent. Like I can see where Eddie views this team in that point of view. And some well, Laker fans don't really view it that way. Tony, but, their, their over under is, is 48 and a half, meaning 49. I, I don't I don't think they're that good. I think I think they are if, if they're hitting on all of their cylinders, they're that good. But look, so this is this but, is what this is what I would I look at. We I have to look at the team after the trade. So it because if you look at everything before the trade, it was terrible. That team was constructed horribly. So when when I look at the team after the trade, when you're building on top of that, you don't need much. Like if we were going, if we went into going into this year, and the only moves we made are the moves we made, but we're coming off of having Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, all of them. Oh yeah, then this team is you didn't improve. But from what we did in the second half, and then adding what we added, oh yeah, you just you 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 gave yourself some sustainability to me. That's well, what I, I agree. They the the Lakers came, they, they addressed their depth situation. It's actually over 46 and a half. So my bad. I was wrong on 49. Oh, my God. Uh, I'll just say this. Look, you guys are relying. I, I think you guys are relying way too much on a Lebr- LeBron James. When I looked at LeBron James's advanced stats, I don't know if you guys look at that stuff. The, you know, the win shares, the offensive win share, defensive win share, the value of a replacement, right? If they were, LeBron had his worst career of his year in, in, you know, in advanced statistics last season. And that to me is, is eye catching. And to expect this guy to continue to bring it year in year 21. I, I think that's way too much. Listen, you guys addressed the depth situation. You guys added more pieces and that's all good. But to think this team is championship uh, is a championship caliber team. I, I think you guys are bugging. I, I don't well, think well, well, here's the thing about the depth situation. That, and the depth's uh, good. The depth's good. Well, 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 here's the thing about the depth situation, right? So, you know, we covered this in our in the first episode, uh, checking in our archives. Um, but look, look, look at what Austin Reeves. We signed him on the low end of what he was going, what he could have commanded. Okay, um, what you get, fifty-six now, million or something like that. Yeah, uh, Tony. 54. Yeah, 54 if I'm not Okay, the, so we got him 10 million for the first year. So right. we got him on the lower end. We got Rui yeah. probably what did we get Rui for? 17 per. So I think he's at around 54 as well. Okay. Um now Delo, he just shit the bag. He 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 played himself out of uh out of uh that 30 million. But he, I, don't think, I don't think he was gonna get 30 million no matter what. Nobody was gonna pay him that much money. A twelve, a tw- look, a twelve million dollar pay cut. Um, that has to do with what he did in the playoffs, man. Come on, he no. But what I'm saying is, for his vouch, so if if he gives us, if he averages fourteen a game per right. game, and you still lose, do you think he gets thirty? No, he still doesn't get that. Like he. Oh, he out. He underplayed that contract. Like he when he when he was in Brooklyn and he turned into an all star and he got that thirty million right. per year. That's his payday. Okay. He's not gonna. He's not that. He's not a player that was extended. He was declining no matter what. 
So he wasn't going to be a $30 million guy. He just went from getting, instead of getting 27, all the way down to 18. That's really it. And he's not young anymore like he was on right, exactly. He's not, he's not a kid. Injuries, so. like, the weird injuries he had this year was they were weird. Yeah. The upside isn't there with him anymore. I think we know what this guy is. And, you exactly. know, he's a very inefficient player. He's a guy that's up and down. Some nights he looks great. Other nights he looks terrible. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's, and that's part of the, but to, to, to your point, like, I, are we, are we rely, like, if we're relying on last year's LeBron, I don't know. The, it, this team is as far as, then I will say, however, Good Austin Reeves is, however good Rui is, however good every other player is. Like that's basically because even in our wins, if you look back even in the playoffs, go to that Memphis series, go to that Golden State series. It wasn't like one player was carrying the team to the point where it's like, oh, he's he's like lifting this thing. It was a, it was a group effort. No, but it actually was. We know who that one player is that needs uh-huh. to be the best player on the court, and that's it. If Anthony Davis is not the best player on the court, we're not winning the championship. It's that simple. Look, I have faith. Like uh, I have faith in uh, Anthony Medicaid Davis as much as anyone. But hopefully, hopefully, you dick, you dick. Look, look, man. Anthony Medicaid Davis, I believe in him. Okay, I really do. Wait a minute. This this <laughs> subject was never brought by Jalen Brown. This was brought because it's almost, this is the recording, we're almost up to August 4th. Anthony Davis is almost scheduled to get an extension. Yeah, and then That's I'm not why sure. This, and, yeah, and this is the episode that basically say the 10 reasons why Anthony Davis should not sign an extension. But is that, is that what if you're saying that this subject... <laughs> If you're saying that I brought up, I created this topic this week because I had a hidden agenda. Now let's go to Anthony uh, Medicaid Davis. He's up for he's up for the extension, three year, one sixty eight. Um, now, last week we spoke about if he could be the alpha of the team, uh, if like you know once LeBron is gone. Now Jeannie Bus, she had her interview this week at, that we spoke to at the beginning of this episode. Where she like part of the interview, she did say, "Hey, we want to keep that continuity. They want to uh, sign uh, AD. Uh, she's like, you know, everyone's on the same page. Her, Rob, Darvin Ham, you know, they want AD for that extension. Um, they with AD based upon the player that he is. He's going to need a quality point guard to get him the ball. He's going to, and also to uh, the, he's going to need." Um, some quality guards around him, okay? Um, he's going to need pieces around him for him to excel. Um, now, is he going to remain at the five throughout uh, that ex- that extension? Uh, or is he going to go to the four? If he goes to the four, then he's going to need a decent center. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, that him being that getting that extension, it depends on who's going to, you know, what other piece he's going to get, what other superstar piece. Um, I know for a fact that if LeBron is going to be around um, any, like if he, if LeBron is going to be around beyond next season, we're talking about year 22, maybe a 23. Cause you know, um, then 
something is going to have to give. They can't both be max players and we're going to remain competitive. Um, like I, I, I can't see that. I can't see where they're both going to be max players and the Lakers have a chance at winning anything um, beyond this upcoming season. So, uh, you know, it's, that's the part that concerns me about the AD extension. It's going to be what pieces are going to be around him um, for that to make complete sense. Well, um, you can so- see the you can see the pieces: Austin Reeves, Rui, Max Christie. Those are the, the three pieces that you know you know are going to be here. And then you have the rookies who are probably going to stay along as well. And then you can build out upon that if you want to re-sign. Um, I think Vandal's going to be one, too. I forgot Vandal. And Vandal. I, don't, I don't think those players are championship pieces, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, So, but what I'm saying is that's outside of LeBron. So let's say you have AD and those players I just said. You wait a also minute. Have wait a, minute. You have wait another minute. max slot left. So wait, what players? Another player. What What players? What players are not cha- cha- champions and players? Like- oh no! So the AR, the A, he said he, uh, when I mentioned AR, Max Christie, uh, Vando, and hey, Rui. So wait, Austin Reeves is not a championship caliber player. Oh God! I mean, you take, but the situation he just mentioned, where you're taking one of these guys off the team, if you're taking LeBron off the team, and you're building around AD, and you're surrounding him with with AR and Rui. Come on, what is that team gonna win, bro? That's a, Tony. Tony, that's who, a playing team. Tony, please tell Eddie who Tony is um, AR. So who, he's, who, who is a, Go ahead. So go no, go. no, I'm just saying that Austin Reese is better than than Tatum by far. Tatum by far, yes, by far. <laughs> Yo, no, 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 no. He said it. He go, said no, it. He, I, I said it. Look at the true shooting. Look at look at okay. look at the metrics. I'm just saying, man. And in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken, in the playoffs. Austin Reeves had a, had actually more points combined. Just saying, to a certain point, there's something about Tatum that just doesn't fit well. Again, that's a Boston problem. You shouldn't have any problem with that. So, but, is, but anyway, do you think Tatum is the superstar? So, Tatum could actually be an option if you put Tatum and Anthony Davis together on a team with those core players I just said. That's the championship team, yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. So when LeBron leaves. What LeBron's going to leave open that spot where another player can come. So that's what yeah, I'm talking you're, you're paying all these guys now. I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be so that Ru- easy. AR is the only one that really is going to have the big money. Uh, Rui is on 17 per. Uh, AR's balloon hit comes in three years. So what, When's year, LeBron's right? contract over? Uh, after next next summer. So, so, so yeah, 20, he has summer, a player option. Summer. He has yeah. a player option next summer. So okay. he can he can effectively end it next summer. If okay, so is, is he going with Bronny? Is that the story on him? What, what the if fuck? Is Bronny that? plays. So like, oh. what happened with Bronny kind of can change a lot of things. I don't know. He might honestly just play next year and just retire because I I know if it'll be a big letdown for him if like he's been building up all these years to play at least one year with his son and then now his son might not play. So it's probably gonna be like you know what I'm just gonna retire. Even if you do play, go ahead and play. I think he's I think he's so dedicated to his family that he probably wants to just finish his contract and retire. I think the best thing that can happen to you guys is LeBron James retiring. I, I or or just leaving. Like you guys need to just move on from him. Like he's 
I'm telling you, he's just bringing your team down. You guys, so are, look, I'm a, you guys are lying on this guy way too much. So wait, so so, so wait a minute. If he if he decides to go to New York, if if he decides to go to New York <laughs> at age four, would you say no? Probably uh, no. I, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Why would we say no? It's, it's no, no my point is, I think if you paired AD with somebody else. Another guy, you know, I think you could go further. I do. You know, that's really the goal. You got to get past LeBron because he's he's in the twilight, man. He's in the twilight. And you know what? I like what you just said. I thought you were going to finish it off with what I think is I think. And people come at me all the time in spaces and everything. I'm not saying AD is, I mean, LeBron's holding AD back, but LeBron is one of those players where no matter who you are next to him, he's always going to be that alpha. I think if LeBron leaves, I don't care who the hell you bring in, AD is going to be the alpha of the team because he knows his presence on the team. He's the defensive stopper, and offensively he can get what he wants if the offense is running through him. So I just think LeBron being there, he kind of always is passing towards him like, okay, I'm going to let you – you're like the big brother, so I'm going to let you go ahead and carry us where we need to go, and I'm just there with you. If there's no LeBron, AD's the top dog, and whoever is with him is going – he's going to be carrying them. So Yeah, and, and, and AD showed that too. AD showed that down the stretch of the season. He was great. He was great. Yeah. And I don't compliment that fucking guy, but he, when he's gone, he's on. Right. True. True story. Um, Very true story. Yeah. Well, look, we, the Lakers pray, you know, when it's, I guess to like, you know, start putting, you know, start turning the corner on this, on this topic. When the Lakers, when the Rob Palenka made all the moves, all the acquisitions this summer, we really just talked about how much it was, he got everyone at great numbers. Now, Austin Reeves, if he, you know, he was a restricted free agent. If he would have commanded, well, if he would have, if some team, if we would have matched some deal, let's say if it was, because I know he said in his All the Smoke interview that Houston and San Antonio were both options. Now, the Lakers did say that, you know, they did announce or, you know, unofficially that, hey, if um, if any team um, put a, an offer out, we're going to wait the, the full 48 hours and then uh, match it at the end and kind of like, you know, fuck you guys over. So it kind of was a deterrent for every, for anyone to engage in business. But if Austin Reeves would have signed, like, let's say we would have matched an offer for like that 96 million. And then that would have prevented us from signing Rui, re-signing Rui and getting like a lot of the pieces that we got. So that goes back to the crux of the conversation. It wouldn't have. have? So He's restricted. But would we would okay, so if Austin Reeves would have took ninety-six, would we have been able to sign the Torian Prince and a Gabe Vincent? And yes. uh how so? Because Without- that money so the way that it works is because he's restricted, his money is not going to directly affect the cap. He's already under our cap. 
It's just that he's restricted. And if the money, if he, if he, if he does sign an offer sheet, then his rights are just removed and it kind of opens up a little bit of money. It removes his two, what is it, $2 million cap hold? We would have just got $2 million off of it. So whenever you're restricted or you're um you're up for like an extension, it doesn't affect the money that we can spend. It just goes into our cap number where now we're instead of spending 177, we're spending 189 or whatever. So how it works is he was under the Gilbert Arenas provisions. So basically you can only sign him to to 12 million for the first year. So technically, even if another team went with 97, it would create a poison pill. So the third year that would get basically a, a, what a, at 30 something. And then the fourth year, kind of, kind of crazy numbers, the third and fourth year. So that's where the 90 million would hit, but it wouldn't necessarily mean that we couldn't sign everybody else. So that's why everybody was kind of locked in that. Yeah. They're not going to lose Austin Reese because they, they have the choice. Yeah, right. they'll, they'll just match. They just match. And team, team, I think teams was, teams was scared that we were going to tie their money up for the 24 hours. Like They were like, you know what? No, because yeah. we might have another deal and we can't allocate that money. So that was really, really smart by them doing that. And I honestly feel like Austin Reeves had something to do with it. Austin Reeves probably told them, yeah, I'm fine with it. Because think about it. If Austin Reeves is not cool with that happening, um, they're not going to do that. They're going to yeah. immediately sign yeah. it. But nobody, action. but 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 think about it. The Rockets were one, and then it was San Antonio. That was it, and but San Antonio didn't it? really use use it until like a week. So they yeah, were but the options. I in my mind, I always you can tell by the way Austin Reeves talks that he never wanted to leave LA. He doesn't want to leave AD and like AD and LeBron are his safety nets. Those are his. If he goes to Houston, you know how much. How much pressure jumps on him now because he's gonna go there on a night an eighty million dollar contract? I don't think he's and we can say that he's great. He is great. He's great next to LeBron. He's great next to Anthony Davis. At this point, he's not ready to go out there and be great by himself. And if he would have signed that contract with Houston, they would have. He would have been part of that Jalen Green, Shangoon, and those guys that would have been ready to be on the front lines. He's not ready for that yet. As far as like I see it, he's not ready for it. I well, they resigned him. That's all that matters. They resigned him. I want to. I have one final question as we wrap up this topic. Uh, with the new CBA and like like I said, Eddie, Tony, you guys are the salary cap guys. When it comes to this new CBA and the ramifications with the second apron. And uh, the, I guess you can say the, all the penalties that come with the, you know, getting to that second apron and all of that. Um, and then also, I guess, if certain moves, you know, there is, you could get to a hard cap at some point. We see that Boston has been the first team to do the, the Supermax deal, um, the Supermax extension. With this new CBA, my question is, do you think we'll see less max deals being offered by teams to players or we or we're just going to keep it? And I'm talking when I say teams, I'm talking about 
teams that are genuinely trying to go after a championship. Are we going to see less of that, or we're just, or they're just going to keep uh, throwing out the money with these super max deals? I think the money is going to still come because, as we saw with Lamelo Ball, I keep bringing him up because this guy, to me, is not worthy of that kind of contract. But they gave it to him, and when you, you see somebody like that getting the you know, big money, it, 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 the money's just going out, and I don't think we're going to see less of it. We're going to see more and more of it. It's just. It's just the way, way that, you know, the league works now. You know, it just – it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah ahead, that's, no, that's that's part of the thing. Like, it, there is a point where you can even say that. there There's certain teams like, let's say a, a – like Golden State with, with Curry. He's worth more than what that contract that they gave him. For, for for that team. A LeBron James for the for the Lakers, he's worth more than the contract itself. Like the money is always gonna be there. The thing is the only thing about Boston that, that kind of scares me is just what is what has Jalen Brown proven? Same thing with Lamelo, like you're banking on you're basically banking on potential. Well, well or, Jalen Brown, they, they did get to the finals two years ago. They were they took Miami to game seven this year. So yeah, but once you commit to J- yeah, but once you commit to Jalen Brown, you're also putting yourself in a position to basically say, in what, 2025, we kind of have to figure out Jason Tatum because he's gonna ask for the bag. Oh, and, he's, and, oh next summer he's gonna get it. Next next summer, next summer right? So once you do that, team team building wise, what what I'm trying to say is like, as for an office, it's kind of like you basically have in two players, 600 million in two players for the next five years or four years. Like that's, that's crazy money. That is, that is crazy, crazy money. And that's what, that's why I'm like, a player can be worth like Jalen Brown is, yeah, three hundred and three props to you. You got it, but you better be championship material. They went to the finals, great, but that was one year. But can Tony, they, look, can look they at repeat all these it? Losers, though. Look at all these losers like Bradley Beal getting big money. You know Zach Levine. They, these guys never won fucking shit. Carl Anthony Towns, he sucks. He yeah, sucks. But, but you're not okay. But the thing is, you're not. The Bulls did that one contract. They have one of those, right? You're like what I'm trying to say is like every team can can go like the Charlotte Hornets. They can be crazy and be like, we're gonna give Lamelo the biggest contract. Here, sign it. It's not like we have another guy that's gonna get fifty million. That's that's all. That's all that I'm trying to say. Like to a certain point, like a team has to make a decision. Like whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not three hundred million. This is gonna be six hundred million at some point. So once you commit to Brown, you kind of are nodding like you're committing to Tatum. To Tatum. Because now you can't let him go. 100%. So you're so 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 that's what I'm trying to get at. Like the championship window, in my opinion, for that team to basically be successful to figure out if this is gonna work is in the next two years. Basically, if this year they flop, what is Tatum gonna do? He's gonna still get paid. He may, he may, again, he may still get paid, but 
is Boston going to give it to them? Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't, I don't think what's they, the they, have no, they have no choice. Yeah, they're going to get it. You can't let him go. Yeah. And, and Tony, you're, right. year you're, you're 100% right. It's a two, three-year window. Yeah, again, but in the two or three-year like so for this season, if it's a flop, what can they do to, to improve? Basically, so trade wait, for singles. Nothing. Do they, they use do they use these super maxes as trade pieces though, or that what 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 restraints does the CBA have? Because like I would say, all right, you're gonna you you definitely want to resign Tatum, and then let's say a year or two into both of them having those super maxes, you're like, okay, now we got to make a decision to keep one. No, you got to keep Jalen Brown and go get two or three guys, or trade Tatum and go get two or three guys. You gotta you gotta stay there. Basically, you you're basically keeping that team together until the contracts run out because you can't trade anybody once you're over that second tier unless it's dollar for dollar. So unless you find the exact same contract as Jalen Brown, T- Jason Tatum, Chris Steps Porzingis, you cannot trade those contracts. And that's one of the things I found strange this summer is that. Guys weren't say, signing the same amount of money. It was weird to me that guys weren't doing that, but I guess they're not thinking ahead. I sort of was. I mean, I it it kind of pseudo protects them as well. If you think about it, like a little dollar here, a little dollar there. Now you can't train me do, dollar for dollar. If like dollar. yeah, you you can't do it, and that's effective. That's actually effective if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Not next year, that year next after. Summer. After after next summer, yeah. So right, no, no. So it will be expect effective next summer. Next summer will be effective right? the one hundred percent. Like the grace year period, right? Yeah, we are now in one hundred and ten percent, which was previously one hundred and twenty five percent. So now it's one hundred and ten percent for the second apron teams, and then it's one hundred percent for the for for those. That, that's nasty, but to to a certain point, like. Fuck. But but that's my point. Like you're stuck, you're you're effectively stuck. And does Boston want to get stuck that way? Like if you know that you don't have a championship product, well, I think they do. I don't think they do. I, I think they do. I don't think they do. I, I think they have the, a very yeah team. yeah. Well, if you guys think they have a championship product, then hey, use this video. Use use myself. I just don't think they do. They have to show something more than just adding players to, to, to this, like specifically if your number one option and your second option haven't really shown up, that's all, that's all it is. Like when, when, when it matters most, they don't, they don't show up. And now that they have poor is the unicorn, which you know, very well, I'm just saying like, he does that a second level dimension in terms of his size and whatnot, but I don't, I don't think he's the, he's the key either. So well, he's not necessarily key, but he's you know he's coming off probably the best season of his career last year. But other than that, you know, all star season with the Knicks, this was probably his best season. And he came, was, yeah, and he's that's true. Not, that's true. And he's not; they're not relying on him to be the guy. He does KP doesn't have to be the guy. He's a third option. You know, he's just got to show up and play. If he does that, Boston yeah. is dangerous. They're a dangerous team to me. I think one of the best teams in the East. I mean, that's no, that's a fact. They are the best. I mean, it's what Boston, Mil- Mil- Milwaukee, Miami. 
it, it, top three teams, and then, then Philadelphia. Philadelphia to me, Miami is kind of weird. Fucking thing. So yeah, yeah, and then and then you have the what the Knicks at fifth or sixth. So the Knicks yeah. are below those teams. Oh wow. Okay. Are they, are, 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 they, are they better than the Hawks? What? I mean, from what they shown last year, yes. Yeah, okay. Hey, uh, it's a conversation. We just have it. I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah. I know people get, you know, some Nick fans get crazy with that. But. I know. I mean, shit. But again, yeah, re- right. reasonable conversation. Com- com- so wait, now that we did the East, what's what do you have the Lakers? Like your unbiased, unreasonable. Are, are we now a playing team again? In, in in your mind, or not? They're at forty-seven wins. That's not playoff playing team, correct? I mean, that's going to be no. That's top probably six. What, fifth seed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, look, look. The Lakers are, are okay, but again, I, I I worry about building a team around fucking LeBron James. To me, at a, in year twenty-one, I don't I don't see it like you. Well, but but when he <laughs> play well. And they have chemistry, and they've gotten better, and they've gotten pieces around them that are much better than they've had. They're a better team, but I don't think they're a championship team. I, I know I, I don't. I don't mean to be a dick either. I'm just trying to be. Unbiased. No, that's fine. I I, I, I appreciate it because hey, I don't think the Knicks are any good either. So yeah, like I have a fan, and shout out to Underdog. He's always saying this comment on, on the chat, like, "Are we gassing our team?" And I'm like, yeah, we are. Of course we are. Like we're we're eighty two and zero right now. Like every team is eighty two and zero. We're we're winning the championship right now. And then ten games later, it's like, oh shit, send everybody away, trade them all. Like it's. I will say this: I I think Polink is one of the best GMs in the NBA. I think he's great. I I really do. With the hand he's been dealt with LeBron and everything, he's a great GM. I mean, for the Turks that that I mean. He he laid an egg, but the way that he kind of unraveled that and turned it into this is kind of amazing. LeBron's fault too. Let's be honest. So the Russell Westbrook was LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say it louder! Say it louder so that the people in the back can can, can laugh with you. I'm just saying. But I mean, so is it really LeBron's fault or is it also Westbrook's fault? Just curious. I just I think think they fault. should have ever paired those two together. LeBron is a guy at this stage in a career. He shouldn't be, you know, a ball dominant guy. And and when you bring in a guy like Russ, he's got to be ball dominant to, to flourish, you know, kind of like he was with the Clippers. He's got to, you know, he's got to handle the ball. You got to have some faith in him. I, I just don't think that was ever going to work in the first place. I don't, I think it was a bad fit. Yeah. It, it, I think everybody in Lakerland also was. They were like, well, if there's one guy that can actually save us, it's LeBron James. He can make it work. And long and behold, the, that experiment ended horrible. Look, I just know the West I just know that Westbrook, he was offended by what Laker fans were talking was saying about him. God forbid if he ever played with the Knicks. Because the New York Knicks have a way of telling you to go fuck yourself. I would it will just break your soul. <laughs> I would have liked him as a six man. I would have. I would have. At the money he's making, I would have, like, uh, I would have took a chance on Russ. I don't. I don't know about. I mean, basketball wise, truthful. But if he if he couldn't handle the Laker fandom heat or whatever you want to call it, like the whole yeah, but, banter, like you guys take it like 
we are like in level two. You guys are like in a level eleven. Like there, it's like differently different. You guys do a different thing. But but so again, the, the the role if you were to bring in Russ this year now after Brunson's here, and you're putting him in as your sixth man, the, the expectations aren't sky high like they were with you guys. You guys were it was championship or bust. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's yeah. why with the Knicks he'd be a sixth man. Becoming, you know, bringing in defensive energy, things like that. He would be probably a good fit, but the shooting's not there, so that's where it's not the best fit either. But. Yo, and and Zen, I know you want to take this to another place, but I just wanted to ask because I kind of joined in late. But go ahead. What, what for for the Knicks? Like, what's the you guys let Obi Toppin go? And by the way, shout out to you guys because only the Knicks fans can host three weeks of Obi Toppin funerals. Yeah, all no, over Twitter. No, I didn't put, put up with that bullshit. Yeah, it was it was kind of ridiculous. But to on your side, what the hell are they doing with that? Because they kind of let him go. Well, they tried. They tried dealing him at yeah. the deadline, right? That that was one of the. Listen, the Knicks. They're not. They a look, drafted, they're not a drafted, developed team, man. They don't. I, I know. I know. They're run by Tibbs. Tibbs does not like kids. He doesn't like players that don't play. <laughs> His way, like we saw with Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish couldn't play his way, and he he was he was banished. You know, same with Fournier and all these offensive guys. We saw, you know, Kemba Walker come in. If you don't play defense for Tibbs, you're you're fucked. You're out. So that's the thing with the Knicks. To Obi Toppin, he was so overrated to me. The guy moves; he can't move laterally, laterally at all. His defense is subject is suspect. He's an okay player, and he'll probably do well in Indiana. But to me, I was never in love with the guy. I, I, I think he was okay. Nothing special. But okay, but but to the point is like I thought when they were dealing with with uh, with Indiana, I'm like, well, they're making up space, or they're figuring out something to get somebody else, or trying to do something else. They got Fournier's contract. Maybe they go after somebody, but. I'm not gonna lie, the team looks incomplete. It's like four guards and Randall. Like it's like I, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, they bought in, they went out and they bought in DiVincenzo. And they're married to the fact of this, they're married to this RJ Barrett fucking thing working out. And so far, he, Knicks fans love RJ Barrett. To me, he was one of their biggest problems last year. I know he played okay in the playoffs, he played much better than he did, but he was terrible. He's one of the most inefficient players in the league. And the Knicks are banking on this guy making a big step leap forward next season. And to me, he's shown me nothing that he's going to be some number three option. Because to me, he's not. He's not. Josh Hart is better than him. We'll see. So last season, he ranked 87th percentile in wings. That's between in, in the wings department. Okay. So so basically, he's around uh, Tyler Hero and... Oh my God, yeah, um, that's not a good company. Look at his like, advanced stats; they're awful. I'm I'm looking at his advanced stats right now, and and they're closely they're the similar. The they're they're closely similar to Kendrick Nunn, which is kind of nasty. He's I think his value of a replacement is a ne- I think it was a negative last year, if I'm not mistaken. Jesus Christ! Yeah, this is nasty. Yeah, and this is what the Knicks are hitching their hopes to. Is this guy co- coming through? I mean, people killed Julius Randle, but Julius Randle during the regular season. He brings it. Now, in the postseason, it's a different story, but for 82, you could rely on Julius Randle. Yeah, this is this is pretty nasty. I'm not going to lie. Horrible. 
Yeah. Um, and he's 30, 31%. His, his three-point shooting is going down per year. Damn. He's – RJ's wow. been, you know, kind of took a step back since 21-22. He had a good second half of 2022. And then last season, he was he was so inefficient. He was all over the place. You know, in the playoffs, yeah. he played better. But to me, he's not the guy. And I don't I don't think it I don't think Randall Brunson RJ works. That's just me. And I think we might see that with Divincenzo this year. Well, yeah, but but Divincenzo is he starting? Because no, he's he can't come off the bench. So yeah, because so you the, might see Divincenzo closing out for for RJ. That's what Brunson, Divincenzo, Hart, Hart. We got three guards: Randall and Mitch Hardenstein or Mitch. Oh, Damn, yeah, they're not that good. Damn, yeah. Damn. Okay, Zen, take it away. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's tough leaving RJ off out of your closing lineup, man. <laughs> but I agree with you. Stretch, like, I would not in games. Though. I would. I would definitely play Hart in crunch time over RJ. Or DiVincenzo. Like, Hart has to be out there, point blank. I mean, his assist his assist has, has increased, but he's more – if anything, this advanced stash shows that he's actually passing the ball more than he's really making any shots. Like, he's turned into more of a passer. He's inefficient as hell, too. He's so inefficient. And unless yeah. he comes back – if he comes back and starts nailing three-pointers, three pointers, okay, that's a different story. But he's not shown us that he's gotten better with the three. Well, yeah. Well, one thing that I learned uh, this evening in this conversation is um, Tibbs hate kids. He does. Yeah. Hashtag Tibbs hate kids. Um, You know, Eddie, one thing that we we close out every show um, talking about, you know, we switch it up with a little pop culture talk. We talk about what we're watching. So, uh, what we're watching, what we have been watching what we are looking forward to watching. It could be movies, shows, or anything. So uh, you have anything on your watch list or anything uh, you, you're well, going to be watching? I don't watch too much TV. The last thing I've watched was the, you know, the the, the Game of Thrones thing that was out last summer. Uh, oh, House of Dragons. Yeah, House of Dragons. That was good. Okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. What else do I watch? I'm trying to think what else I watched. I don't know, but that oh, I watched that. I watched the thing with the the weekend on HBO. Oh yeah, how was it? Because I heard yeah, everyone it kept wasn't good. It. it was only five episodes, but it was actually it's actually pretty dark. So pretty yeah, good. I heard I heard it was like dark as I forgot what it was. An after hour, what's what's the shit? Oh, the icon. The icon, yes, it was, yeah, it. or the idols, one of those. The, yeah, something like that. Uh, I heard a lot about it. it was good. Um, I like the weekend. Uh, he was good. No, no, he he's definitely a dope artist. Um, like I said earlier, I, I just finished watching that Will Chamberlain documentary. It was dope as fuck. Um, and he was really like the first like rock star athlete. Um, and just even the house that he built in in L.A. Like he like the entire house. It had like no right angles. Like just the the art the architecture design the circles, and, yeah, circles, triangles. It was yeah, it was a trip, but it was a dope documentary. Um, and man, he was ahead of his time. Like he was just just 
ridiculous, like when it comes to like an all-time great, like iconic player. Um, so I just finished watching that documentary. I know uh this week I'm gonna really binge watch um the first season of Winning Time so I can you know start well, you watching that. that was good. I watched that. I haven't seen it. I'm gonna binge watch it so I can get up to date for um the second season. Um Tony, what you watching? Um actually started to watch um the shit uh what's it called? Um on on Max, it's the Warrior or Warrior. Whatever it's yeah, called. I that's on my watch list. It's interesting. Like it kind of shows you like you you know what what the the rail were like it's it's all about San Francisco in, in that time. Yeah. But it's how they treated again it's it's action is kind of there's nothing I think anything realist in terms of like but it kind of kind of piqued my interest in terms of how they treated the, the Chinese, how they treated the I, I didn't know the Irish there were were, were were there as well. It's like a whole hodgepodge of, co- of communities that it's kind of like they treat them basically like slaves. They treat them less than than human, and it's wow. it kind of shows out in that again. It's it's about a warrior. It's about this kung fu guy, and it's all about kung fu fights. It's a very action packed. Um, but that first two episodes, it was kind of like oh, like HBO does a lot of sex scenes. So yeah, yeah. Like it's, King, you watching anything unique? Uh, probably not. Um, I usually watch like the old stuff. I gotta catch up on a lot of shows. La Brea, uh, The Rookie. I watch a lot of ABC, CBS shows. Um, NCIS, I think, may have started back up. So, yeah, I'm not, and I'm not a movie guy, so that's pretty much it. I'm Um, actually my, I don't know if you guys ever forgot about that. I, I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Bones, but I'm gonna probably rewatch that again for the fourth time. There you go. I might do a Sons of Anarchy rewatch after watching that shitty ending to Mayans MC. I'm feeling compelled to watch uh, rewatch Sons of Anarchy. But you know what? Um, if you're listening to this, you know we're recording this Sunday night. Um, July 30th, uh, well, it's on the 31st on the East Coast, and if uh, we're releasing this on the last day of July, so um, tomorrow, all of August, uh, if you guys haven't heard, we made the announcement on Twitter, um, all of August, we are doing a month-long tribute to Kobe Bryant, we're calling it the month of Mamba, we're going to... Um, we're going to be doing a lot. We're going first. Uh, we have our Mamba moments of the day that we're going to release at eight twenty four a.m. West Coast. Where uh, each night in playback, we'll be playing um, pretty much. I think out of the thirty one nights, twenty nine of them, we're playing a classic Kobe Bryant game. Um, so definitely um, check out our watch parties on playback uh, PGM Fan Cave. So uh, please check that out. Um, we're going to episode eight of our podcast. We're going to be doing something very special called a love letter to Kobe that we're working on. So, um, yeah, um, Eddie, 
any special uh, as we go into August? You have uh, when you think of Kobe Bryant as a Knicks fan, what's uh, what comes to mind first? Fucking winner, man. Fucking winner. Guy's one of the greatest of all time, easily. Uh, you know, to me, there's two different players with Kobe. There's eight, and then there's twenty four. And, you know, as a kid, I grew up and I watched eight and I, I fucking loved that version of him. And then it was 24, who was basically, you know, MJ's carbon copy. So uh, to me, again, I, I put Kobe, you know, he's my he's two behind MJ as far as I'm concerned, I, as far as goats. I know a lot of people probably think that's controversial, but I think he's the second greatest player I've ever seen. Before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Tony. What uh? What are you looking for as we roll out this uh, month of Mamba? You know we've been uh, putting a lot of work behind the scenes. What are you looking forward to? Are you out of the games that we have scheduled? Is anything that? What are you looking forward to the most? I would say for this month of Mamba. I think it's the kind of like that. So I kind of became a Laker fan, or I kind of like started to really connect with the team when Kobe kind of at. That alley oop to Shaq, yeah, like that. I I just want to rewatch all that again and just kind of sent just go back in time and kind of like picture myself and just and you see that because yeah. I kind of remember exactly where I was, exactly what I was doing. It's like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I I remember that like it was uh, yesterday. Um, King. Take us uh, close us out, man. What's uh, what are you looking forward to the most uh, as we go into this uh, month of Mamba? Um, hard for me to choose any one moment. Um, probably the 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 sixty two three against the Mavericks. Like that was like a display. <laughs> That's probably what the one game that I'm looking forward to rewatching. I haven't watched it again yet, so. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, I think for me, what I'm looking forward to the most, um, I'm really looking forward to those games between like 2000, during those three P years, 2000 to 2002, because look, I'm a big Shaq fan and I have always said that, yo, um, what Shaq did between for those three years I think it's the greatest three-year stretch of any player in the history of the league. I just remember watching it in real time. You see the dunk uh, that he did over the Nets with over all five players. But Kobe was putting in a lot of work. Um, You know, um, I know one of the games that we're playing at one point this month is the 51 he drops against the Warriors. There's the game four against the Pacers. Uh, in 2000, where Shaq fouled out. I'm really looking for to that young Kobe and the work that he was putting in because it, it does get, I think it does get overshadowed because of just that enormous force that Shaq was. Um, and so that's what I'm looking forward to the most of watching Kobe from that era. It's like, oh man, no. Dave, that was a legit one-two punch. That wasn't Kobe wasn't a sidekick, you know, so that's what I'm looking forward to the most. But, um, but yeah, folks, um, please check out our month of Mamba. It's going to be across all of our platforms. Shoot us a follow on what Instagram, the Reds, Twitter, 
YouTube. We're at Purple Gold Mines, and Gold Mine is G O L D M I N D S. Um, on playback, we are playback.tv backslash PGM Fan Cave. Um, our watch parties, 7 p.m. West Coast, 10 p.m. East Coast every night throughout the month of August. Our first game that we're going to be playing is uh, on, on August 1st. It is 8-1, so we will be playing that 81-point game. Um, so, yeah, check us out. This has been Episode 4 of Meeting of the Gold Mines. Eddie, you are a savant. We appreciate you being here. Uh, my PGM brothers, Tony, Tony King, appreciate you guys as always. And uh, we will see you next week, episode five. We'll find some fucking shit to talk about. Um, yeah, we'll we'll pull something out of uh, out of our asses. All right, everyone, peace. <laughs>